Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I am incredibly excited today. I'm here with my dear friend, artist, die with the most likes, Mark Wilson. Uh, you probably can't see, but I know he's wearing his Jenko jeans right now. Uh, <laughs> probably it's have a soaked. couple. Yeah, yeah, it's soaked. He's probably got a couple stains. We'll save that for later. <laughs> Mark, I'd love just, we're going to start where we always start. Anything you want to tell anybody about yourself, um, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, dude, just finished huffing a big bag of Jankum. <laughs> going he to head down to Guitar Center later with my uh, trapped cover band that refuses to play the song Headstrong. Uh, and hopefully, you know, get some get, get some views on my demo right there. But dude, yeah, it's uh, it's great to be here on with you. Um, you know, we became friends pretty early, I feel like, in this process. So it's been super rad to talk to you and get to know you and stuff. But on me, it's like, yeah, man, really just, uh, yeah, born in, in the Rust Belt of northern Indiana, which is like permeates through all my work. I feel like, you know, um, a lot of kind of middle American suffering, aimlessness, you know, uh, full of regret, uh, you know, freshly paved asphalts and strip malls are pretty much the things that birthed, you know, what is my kind of entire being. So it's going to be super sweet to talk about that shit today. And hopefully I can uh, ruin your day for you with all the sadness and suffering. <laughs> this is like the, uh, the anti-cultural cultural experience. Um, I know immediately both like viscerally, uh, the persona that you occupy, it, it certainly touched a nerve with me. It touches a nerve with a lot of people. Um, I can begin to describe it, yeah, as like the, the, the great cultural death of America, um, right? Like the, the paving over of nature. There are like in incredible themes that run through your work. And I know very well that that is informed probably by your life. Um, it is. Yeah, and it's yeah. funny you put, and it's it's funny and elo and eloquent you put it that way because it is it's like an exam it's an examination of the cultureless void that we are hurtling towards but also in, in a way that like somehow resonates with people and, and like they can like you know unwrap what that means and explore the depths of uh, of emotion that we all go through as we hurl towards that thing so in in some ways yeah it is kind of like a culture cultureless uh, dichotomy in, in many ways. I think just as Americans were taught from such an early age to uh, form identity through consumption. Um, yep. And, you know, this is what defines us. We are defined by the materials that we possess and own. Um, you know, all of our heroes tend to be like the wealthiest, most brutal capitalists. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, kind of at the, the source of everything is this, great neglect of kind of like the have nots from those that that do have something that you know people will just continue to like move on forget um it's yeah, it's, it's yeah yeah it's it's tough right because this is what i noticed why i wanted to be in this space right because yeah. there was authenticity and there were um and it's I can't even begin to put the words to it, but there, there was always, it felt like something missing. Um, yeah. 
and you you touch it so aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, it's like, well, I think in many ways, you know, there's there's an escapism to our entire existence, whether that be like it's people whose entire personality are a pair of fancy socks they bought at Nordstrom or a bottle of, of wine that they drink every Tuesday. And that's just their entire that's their entire being, you know, and it's it's a very odd um neglect like you put of self-examination of reflection of like emotions that us as humans should really be feeling and, and be going through on a daily basis to try to you know evolve or or not even evolve but just um just examine what the fuck going on in the world you know it just it, it's it's completely out of our you know head and so yeah like um like you were saying i think that both you and i you know there's there's almost this um this like desire to avoid the k-hole that we're trying to be forced into by whoever it is by you know brands 24 7 by people who have nothing to say and just ex exist in a perpetual state of transaction so i feel like you and i and many others in this space which is why it's so rad to see my my work resonate with so many people are are fighting against the current that is trying to suffocate everyone in yeah that k-hole that kind of that kind of drip of novocaine that, um, you know, it's easy to succumb to and become completely numb to what's happening just around you, what's happening inside you and, and everywhere else in, in the in the world. So it's it's pretty, pretty insane, dude. Yeah, it's super. It's I mean, I love um, like, you know, this is for sure the the era of ketamine, right? This is, <laughs> you know, like the 80s were cocaine. This is ketamine. Like it is rampant. It is everywhere. Um, and it's it's so interesting that this is what people have turned to because they are seeking to disassociate, right? They want mm -hmm. to be so far outside themselves. I think if, you know, cocaine is a drug for ego, then ketamine is like certainly the drug of escapism. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, oh goodness, you know, it's the, the, the overwhelming suffering and like misery of like what people go through and the like antidotes that they prescribe themselves is just like super hyper prevalent. Yeah. And I find myself in that same realm many times as I'm sure you do where I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm just going to fire up a bong load because, because I don't feel like feeling what, what I'm, what, whatever it is, or, you know, whatever I'm being bludgeoned with on any given daily basis, the low hum of consistent dread that kind of, we all experience. It's like, well, yeah. Why wouldn't I just smoke a huge bong load and sit there and like laugh or, you know, create and have this kind of freedom that's going on in your mind. So yeah, in some ways I, I totally get it. Um, and, and so, yeah, and in, in, in other ways, I feel like that's it, it is a valid avenue. It, you know what I mean? Like to to explore and to use in some ways because it can be unbearable. When did you begin to wake up to these emotions? Yeah, so pretty early, man. Like, um, you know, I think it's funny. You know, there were times when in my kind of adolescence when I would just kind of I would just kind of be wandering around as we do. I think you had a similar kind of um, kind of. I don't know. Yeah. Just not like an aimlessness. And then also just uh, a tendency towards some, some types of chaos, maybe in some ways or some types of just neglect and destruction. So, you know, we'd be walking around and just kind of drinking steel reserves or, you know, some type of fortified wine in varying, again, strip malls, Arby's parking lots. There was nothing to do um, in, in really kind of in those moments, 
um, I would kind of have these these um, these kind of moments of clarity or enlightenment where I'm like, this is this is wild. That this is a hobby <laughs> and what we do on a regular basis. Like we're literally sitting on a curb outside of a outside of a place that, that serves pulverized animal parts, drinking a you know eleven percent uh, malt liquor, and it's just like. This is crazy. And then you get that moment of invulnerability from the, the, the booze and stuff, and you kind of forget that reflection in many ways. But I, I could I could sense it coming in at that point, and I didn't realize until later that it was really shaping my perspective on the world and kind of my identity as a whole. So it was definitely like a really interesting slow burn um, up to that point for sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's funny that this is like the, the culture that we export, right? It's kind of like this, this like fake flashy, like celebrity as not real people. Um, Yeah. And and in many ways, it's like we, we export it. And then also people are ashamed of it here. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's, it's both exported and, uh and marketed and then also there's there is like a certain shame i think we all experience in some ways about it too it's very it's very odd like so it's like there's there's kind of two facets to it where some of some people are super proud of that like they're like fuck yeah like i'm going to chili's and it's going to be the best meal ever and then others are like you know they stray away from it and they're kind of afraid i'd say like i'm kind of in the middle like i i kind of you know, like we've talked, I love BW3s and I also hate myself for, for wanting to go there and drinking a metric ton of Blue Moon and watching the, <laughs> the game, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Whatever game it is, there's always a game, right? There's, there's always something. It's like, it's cricket, it's like, you know, NASCAR, whatever's on there, you're just glued to the TV and avoiding conversation with the person you're with. Right. Yeah. You know, like in parallel, I know you poke fun at kind of like uh, America's Got Talent or like the Masked Singer or like this. It really is theater of the absurd. It is. Yeah. And it's like and I think that it's it's gotten so insane. And that's the thing, Um, you know, when you're watching those shows and sometimes I will watch them to get inspiration because you'll get the thousands of ads about like Lucerta or Obzenify or Tomitify or whatever these these drug these varying drugs are that cure you know unknown ailments from wherever they are happening at your body whether or not you have them or not just make sure you talk to a doctor it doesn't matter if you have it or not just talk to a doctor and start taking Oblenify you know what I mean I'm right, just like right. like uh, side effects may include infection of the perineum right. <laughs> remember that right. one from last night I'm like dang like, like <laughs> you may get a parasite from this it's like what wait what was that I get a tapeworm if I take Oblenify. All right, well, shit, a a tapeworm, you know, it might not be the worst thing in the world, but yeah, it's like, I'll I'll look at these things and sometimes it's it's funny. Like um, we've had this conversation before where I think there's this longing for many of us who are creative and who are kind of in touch with our emotions to sometimes not be that in touch with them. So it's like, sometimes I'll watch those shows and I'll be like, man, I wonder what it would be like to be content sitting in an overstuffed fake leather chair, eating my microwave dinner and just being like happy to watch Nick Cannon rip the mask off of whatever fucking dumb celebrity it is. Like just sitting there and applauding, oh, it's Carmen Electra or whatever it is. It's like, this is crazy. But sometimes I envy that type of like psychotic disillusion or or disenchantment, I guess, you know? And you know, I'm so far removed that I like, I find it so hard to believe that this person exists, but this person exists. 
Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so which is what yeah. I love really about your artwork is that it's like the only way I think to get people out of like the soma state, right? Is to yeah. is to really you really got to shock them, and I think your yeah. work is really uh, it's like a full frontal lobotomy almost. Thanks, man. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's like the it's like a full frontal Darth Maul nude shower scene from Star Wars Episode <laughs> One: The Phantom Menace, where it's just in your face. You're not sure what to do with it, but you're you're gonna watch it. You're gonna look at it. I guess you're forced to, right? Yeah, yeah. I actually, you know, it's funny, and this is a weird memory that just came back. But I remember being like alone in a hotel room in a foreign country where I did not feel comfortable. And I turn on on the TV, and it was you know it was um, kind of like a place where TV would be considered restricted, uh, and there was like a marathon of uh, like uh, is it pawn pawn oh yeah horse? pawn stars pawn, pawn stars, stars. <laughs> yeah. yeah and I'm like oh thank God you know <laughs> just like I can watch Rick barter over a shrimp diviner <laughs> and give store credit for like. Uh, someone's like hopes and dreams they'll be like hey thirty thousand dollars like i can give you 20 bucks in store credit they're like like, sold let's do it yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i find that show to i find that show to be an odd like distillation of of america in many ways because yeah there are you know people come in there with their hopes and dreams and think that they're worth something in some ways and then you're just immediately destroyed and pulverized and you walk away with again like 20 bucks in store credit that you'll never spend and i'm just like damn this is like actually really a really quite sad show you know like it is you know and there's something <laughs> that i find in europe about how they kind of like take care and cherish their culture and kind of yeah. keep these artifacts and you know i have a uh, a church pew entirely hand carved right from 1706 yeah. <laughs> that i got for like a couple hundred bucks from this guy who's like please take this thing i'm like this thing is incredible <laughs> it's like an exceptional exceptional art piece um yeah. and we we just don't care no no yeah it's like it's like oh, I'll, I'll spend that couple hundred bucks on like an above ground hot tub it'll break after a year and then it will be thrown into a landfill you know and that's the thing like you were saying earlier it's the obsession with consumption and the obsession of constantly leveling up into things that we don't want or need but somehow we're bludgeoned into thinking that that's the case and and really it's just all this like weird you know uh it's more or less like a weird scam to keep you working for you know these corporations that then in turn you know keep feeding you from that like you know that little guinea pig water bottle full of you know sustenance that you are constantly licking and trying to get stuff from you know yeah it's poison (laughs) from the top i don't uh, you know it is some i have some answers does i mean is does that relate at all to perhaps your interest in cryptocurrency or how did you come to to find the space and be here well it's funny man like so i so i've been working at the same place this like huge corporation creating digital waste for the last 10 years and essentially um and i'm i'm an it kind of is like the origin of my obsession with meat in many ways because we're treated as such, you know, we are swept around the floor as though we were discarded animal parts and pushed into grinders and shoved into sausage skins and sold, uh, it, it, whatever price that is, or, you know, like, uh, our ideas are sold or whatever we're doing is just, it's, it's just in this perpetual state of, uh, creation and evacuation. Um, and there isn't a lot of thought in any of it. So 
like it's crazy because my assumption was I was just going to die alone doing what I hate, you know, like th this job. Um, it's just I, I like I was resigned to that. Like I've always been making stuff. I've been making stuff since I was really little. And um, in terms of digital art, I've been doing that for, you know, eight or nine years, really, because my my wife, essentially, Laura, who, you know, obviously, um, she she convinced me to get an iPad because we were we were physically su suffocating in the amount of art I was creating. So like I was painting, I was painting all the time, and like as the paintings acc accrued and and like piled up in our spot, she's like, "You gotta you gotta figure something else out because we're literally drowning in this. Like your creations are going to destroy our apartment that we're in." So like and like we couldn't really hang them because a lot of the stuff that I make is like pretty horrific. So. Yeah. Um, so, so then I got it. So she got me an iPad. Like that was like literally eight years ago. And, um, even on that thing and which is, which is what I love so much is, uh, you know, people, people complain about like engagement being low at times on Twitter or anything like that. And I'm almost just kind of like, you know, who gives a shit? Like you, you, if you're, if you're not going to be creating this anyway, no matter if somebody is going to look at it or engage with it or not, then what, you know, what does it matter? Like I would be making this shit no matter what, like I would just still be making it. I was making it for like seven years and no one cared. And that was fine too. Like, I know it gets, it, it is kind of a bummer when you feel like you're, um, you go through waves, uh, where, you know, you, you kind of get indifferent to it. And then, you know, you do be, you do kind of think that you are, I guess, just, uh, creating for, for nothing in many ways. And in some ways there's freedom in that too. So, it was crazy, but I, I to, to answer your story in short, like I, this random guy um, DM me on Twitter uh, after I created this fake Eric Andre poster, which I was just, again, making stuff to make stuff. And he was running for uh, fake president. So I was like, oh, I love Eric Andre. I'm going to make a fake poster. So I made a fake poster and tweeted it. And it, it kind of got some good pickup. And this guy reached out and he's like, hey, you should check out and possibly mint some stuff. I'm like, bet. Let's go. Let's do it. It's got to oh, be cool. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, any formal training? No, none. Yeah. It's funny. And I've gotten comments from people who, who were like kind of envious in some ways that I didn't go through like the art school smoothing over, I guess, like, uh, several people have reached out and said like, Oh, to, to not have, you know, the experience of being in a critique and getting everything you do blown to freaking smithereens. And like, everyone is trying to like constantly mold you into this thing to, to make you the perfect little art machine. Um, you know, so I've been, I've been like really fortunate. I feel like in many ways where it's just, I've probably done 15 to 20,000 hours on that damn iPad where it's just like ha hammering away 24 seven. So it's like, you know, I think that that, uh, that kind of relentlessness, uh, replaced any type of formal training, but yeah, no zero formal training. Like I got a, I got a B minus in high school art for in, in, uh, the teacher described my style as adequate. So like, <laughs> you know, like, which is like the perfect thing. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is just like an 80, 20 ground beef chuck yeah, you know? <laughs> right. straight down the middle. Like not, not, like no emotional reaction, nothing like it was just, yeah, right. it's just, just adequate. Adequate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I love the contrast between your painted works and your digital works. The style is of course Thanks, immediately man. evident. Both are like absurdly brutal. There is <laughs> such like a, a rawness to the, the paintings uh, I can tell you, like, I took them into, you know, the frame store to get framed and the lady loved them. She was, she nice. loved them. And, you know, she sees, who knows what she sees, but, yeah. um, 
Yeah, yeah. That's it dope, was, dude. They're, they're wonderful yeah. conversation pieces. Yeah, thanks, man. Well, that's, that's super sick that she, she liked those. It's funny that you say that because, <clears throat> yeah, I think there's like a chaotic nature to the digital ones where that has to do with me cramming in like all sorts of uh detail you know like tiny brand stuff buzz balls hungry man dinners all the kind of like hyper detailed little things that um make up our lives in many ways and then with the paint i it feel i like i i like pull back because like i don't i don't have the ability to paint like that like i you know i have that control with the the digital stylus and stuff but on the paint so i try to communicate that with strokes and with layering and texture versus like putting in that actual detail. And I think, it, I think you're, yeah, I'm super excited that, yeah, we were able to, uh, that, that we were able to get those paintings over to you. Cause it's like, um, yeah, I'm just happy that, that they found a home and, and somebody who enjoys them, you know, that's like the biggest thing. Yeah. I have one <laughs> in my kitchen. I have the, the one with the Coles guy vomiting. Oh, <laughs> that's a perfect kitchen there. piece. I know. <laughs> so terrible. Um, cool uh what, what should we talk about you know maybe this this solo show that we did together that was a lot of fun that was insane dude yeah we should because i feel like it got and I, i've been meaning to tweet about it again like i forget so you it's really funny like i posted this piece uh that was the guy like essentially uh shoving polaroids into a huge phone and then the phone was in turn cre uh, creating this beef stream and there was a guy essentially being like waterboarded under it with it with his mouth open and ready to to feed on it and it was really funny that was like a, a really kind of pivotal moment in uh in my artistic career both like confidence wise and um and like stylistically and where i was going like thematically with things because like i posted that and it sat out there for a while and i was i was kind of like I was kind of uh, second guessing, you know, putting that thing up. It was super extreme and very beef forward, which like a lot of things hadn't been like that neat forward it, on Tezos they had, but not on, um, you know, super rare or anything like that. So <clears throat> that was insane. You collected that piece. And I think, you know, I was, I, I texted you. I'm like, Hey, this thing, I'm going to send you this picture of an A1 bottle that I painted with like a bunch of people licking it. You're like, okay, sweet. And then it was like a wrap from them where we became really good friends and stuff but and to be fair it, it showed up in a in a garbage bag right or like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like in a sketchy box with like yeah like just a bunch of like wrapped in like one of those yeah. plastic bags like this is yeah what is this thing it's yeah. like um but then after that yeah you had this incredible idea and we and i was immediately like holy shit you can expound on that idea a little bit but you were like well let's make something everyone has this vision about the metaverse where it's going to be this utopia where you can escape your reality and disappear and be this again, kind of ketamine, uh, this kind of just ketamine being wandering around consuming. It's going to be so beautiful. And you're like, well, what if it sucked just as bad as everything we go through now? And it was just digitally, you just sit in this wasteland. So I don't know, do you want to get into how you started thinking about that? Like, I thought that was yeah, really totally. I, I was driving around. <laughs> yeah, I've been obviously, I, well, I've been traveling a lot. Um, and I was driving around and uh, I was thinking about, you know, how great it would be to just own a parking lot, right? I'm like, <laughs> these people that own parking lots, it's great. It's cash flow. Like, I live the most volatile, absurd life being so heavily involved <laughs> in crypto. I always like long for, for something like that. So I, I thought it would be just, you know, conceptually funny to go 
build a parking lot in the metaverse um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and like charge people to park their non-existent yeah. cars there, then, right? So, um, and and it just it sprung from there, right? Of course, the idea was to build like the most horrid, decrepit, like strip mall with these billboards and everything like tagged up and textured, and you know, yeah. like this this terrible green leather and uh, you know cigarette butts and. Um, I think we put together two things. We put together like a home or three things. We put together a home goods store with that like meat Furby where everything is like 50% <laughs> yeah. off and all this gross furniture with all of your art, maybe like 20, 30 feet tall on the walls. I mean, it was, yeah. it's, it's quite an experience in <laughs> VR. And I think along with this, we can get like the online link because frankly, I would love that thing to just like live forever. Um, yeah there was a ooh, a golden corral yep right the, yep. the buffet with uh the pawn stars guy serving just ground <laughs> yeah. yeah and your your rendition of um the edward hopper maybe browse brazzers oh. oh yeah right senior frogs it's called night frogs yeah. that's right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yep. that's a cool piece and then of course and this will be a good segue i think uh the k-hole which was the poetry bar uh, for anybody to come in and, and, and that was a, yeah, a very dark red lit uh, ketamine filled and monster energy drink inspired um, place with an exceptionally loud microphone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and I just, I found that to be such a cool, it was such a great experience because you know, collaborating with you on it, where I think we both, we had a, a united vision, really, where it really, we, we did want to create this particular place where I think the best compliment I got on it was somebody said, like, I can smell, I can smell <laughs> what's going on here almost than in VR. So I think that was mission accomplished for me, where I'm like, if you can smell, you know, the stale cigarette smoke and like the rotting beef and the, you know, the, the, the smell of Cole's khaki pants, freshly soiled with urine and stuff that's that's like pretty big so that was a big compliment i know i don't know you that, can put that on your linkedin profile right that was my favorite part of the whole experience is is this woman was like what is that on their pants and i'm like well i think they're supposed to be urine soaked and she was like why like why would they do that like what does this mean and and just like the you know because in vr it is so overwhelming it's like bright and it's dark and you know and it really does people like snapped right yeah and and we were live streaming it to linkedin of all places Um, yeah i was dropping i was dropping f-bombs and stuff and the guy's like hey just a heads up we are on linkedin i'm like oh shit okay like it was really funny but that was that was incredible yeah there was a very foreboding nature to it for sure like in i think that that's with a lot of my art. That's like the big thing is, you know, people seem, uh, people almost seem in p- at peace in most of them in, in, in almost a psychotic state of peace. But, you know, obviously there's just like kind of foreboding undertones, every single kind of, um, you know, detail you start on to unravel there. Let's begin to talk about, uh, I'd love to, cause you know, in, I don't, I, frankly, you never know what to expect with the artist, but like, I consider you to be a very sensitive dude and sure. yeah. And you're, and you create and write this like very beautiful poetry. And I know you've published a couple of books. Um, would love to hear more about your work there. 
Thanks, dude. Yeah, I, I uh, so I love writing so much. And actually, I, I thought that like I was going to be an author, really. Well, a failing author in in many ways, you know, like I not that I, I wasn't writing books, but just that I would write these things. And, you know, someday I think that was my dream that some some kid would find one of these things and just read it, you know, in uh, in a hundred years, and it would have some, you know, at least minimal impact on his life. And and that that's really how I take my approach for a lot of creating. You know, I'm 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 very obsessed with like the the prospect of legacy and kind of what legacy means or doesn't mean, and um, in 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 existence and you know longevity of of existence and you know existing on the lips of strangers potentially past you know your physical time here so all that stuff is like um you know are things that i explore in in, in my writing and, and namely a lot of death as well which it's funny people ask you know what what my obsession is with, with it and really the the obsession just comes from figuring out my own personal feelings on death itself you know and what it means to again kind of pass over or what it means to you know lose consciousness completely for forever and eternity or, or p potentially not that long so a lot of my writing, you know, in those, in those really sensitive moments, um, I'm observing, um, I mean, I'm observing kind of my, my daily surroundings and, uh, and really taking in what I, what I feel somebody to be feeling at any given moment. So like when you're looking around, there's these moments of kind of tremendous sadness that go completely unnoticed and you're, you're just kind of looking, you know, there's, um, I wrote this one about, there was an old man, um, sitting in this like old Buick outside of a church for, for a, a couple hours, like outside of my house. And I, I, I could not figure out what he was doing in there. And um, eventually he just, eventually he drove off, but I became obsessed with the notion that he was, you know, potentially mourning the death of a loved one there or, you know, um, or having some type of, you know, existential crisis, like we all do, or, or you're, you know, you know, formulating his own thoughts on death and stuff. So it's those moments that are really kind of documentarian in many ways in my writing. But um, yeah, I, I, I love writing so much and I consider it to be like literally an equal part to every piece that I make because in many ways, you know, both the words and the cursor dictate where the pen goes in, in just in, in kind of the exact same way, the pen also feeds back into the writing. So, you know, I'll go through and I'll make a piece and write about it. And then if, if there's other if there's other, um, details or other kind of additions that I make to that piece, I'll examine those things and reflect on what they mean. And then I'll add, you know, lines to the poetry or lines to kind of the, the um, free verse prose or anything like that. Is there a Genesis story to your name? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Oh, die with the most likes. Yeah. So, uh, so several years ago, I just had created this piece. I was feeling really frustrated with, social media like we all are and just the obsession with again accumulating kind of empty adoration and worship from uninterested friends and family members where they're just sitting there and you're like dude like i gotta look at another picture from like a piece of shit birthday that i don't care about or you know like people you know whatever kind of smoothing over the the emotional and physical hardships of their life in favor of you know these like highly curated pictures that are just uh, it's not a novel idea really but it got me thinking like about people on a in a hospital room and um you know being connected to ventilators but instead of that instead of those things breathing air it was like breathing in just the feeling you get uh when somebody you know interacts with one of your, your pieces or whatever and uh, in, in kind of offering this like lifeline to these people who were slowly dying, but, you know, ha just keeping them alive by it with these like kind of 
hearts that were going through them. So in many ways, um, that piece was kind of, uh, something that I had like, that, that really, um, I, I reflected on quite a bit and, um, I kind of just considered the most important piece in the canon of my work at the time. So I just decided like, cool, I'm just going to put it as die with the most likes and we'll see, and we'll see what happens, you know? It goes hard. Thanks, dude. Yeah, yeah that name goes super hard. Yeah. Um, because uh, because it's just, uh, you know, like what would an... In- I, I, yeah, maybe I'll save a personal story for another time. Maybe when we have a beer. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I have seen, um, you know, these influencers. And if, if, if they do not get that attention that adoration like everything is so in the moment that it will just like ruin them yeah. you know it it um they feel such a strong obligation to these strangers to these people that they don't right. know you you there is a almost like a savior complex that they have to present something right. that is is so not themselves but they think is the image that other people need <laughs> to like continue to have hope to continue to carry yeah. on um and it creates like this sick cycle of people informing their realities against somebody else's projection of right. of, of what they think other people should perceive yeah it becomes like it becomes like a triple inception thing of like them thinking that people want to see what that those like stupid you know selfie stick uh videos from whatever um you know white sand beach at sandals sandals resort northern indiana or whatever and it's like people yeah it's weird that we've we've had that trajectory and that we've gone there and i think it's pulling back a little bit but even still you know like i think that people obsessing over um, what I perceive is kind of airport gift shop art or, you know, the, the, the pieces that don't do anything other than perpetuate kind of that idea of sanding over or smoothing over or fresh asphalt. Um, and it's just, it's bizarre that that is the longing that we have as human beings, you know, and, and I don't know, I feel like maybe at some point we'll, we'll snap out of it or think about things differently, but until like you were saying that cycle stops where, you know, <clears throat> people create that because they think that other people want it. And then those people think they want it because it's being created and and shoveled into their, you know, a gate mouths at that point, you know, they're that cycle and that parasitic nature of that relationship is never going to change. So in order to break that, you have to show people in a golden corral with a, with a meat stick uh, connecting them, but then like do other stuff, you know? Yeah. Live, laugh, love. Right. (laughs) exactly yeah yeah that's pretty much it it's yeah it's 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 crazy man i mean um yeah i don't i don't know where it all where it all ends um in all honesty and it's like i think there's i think there's a psychotic um narcissism and vanity to it all too obviously not super novel again but i think that until that insane vanity is euthanized we're just going to continue down this path and eventually be what you know a lot of the things i draw are or just human beings caught in this kind of false ecstasy really 
Yeah, so I think to kind of bring things a little full circle is this is probably where like my destructive tendencies come from, right? Where like yeah. I, it's like this is so bad that it, it is not fixable. <laughs> like this is this is gasoline and matches. Like we need to burn this down. We really need to start over. And it's so hard because people uh, have. I think we've all grown up expecting like linear incremental change but we're yeah. dealing with exponential technology and i yeah. feel that you know the web3 ecosystem has kind of ushered in um an ability to rapidly shift consciousness and where we were in the beginning was very very individualistic it was yeah. artists collecting from other artists and then you get like this massive pfp wave where people are like flocking into these communities like sheep or school of fish yeah. and like their identity becomes based on the validation of others you know it's like ape follow ape and that is such a stone drag that it always gets me worried when like we are achieving some sort of escape velocity and then everything just gets like pulled back to the center because like the gravity and weight yeah. of this system and this capitalism is so strong and people are so conditioned to these things that that we can't break free. So I guess the question is, is, you know, is is do you believe that there is some sort of salvation through uh, incremental change? Is does there have to be an exponential awakening? Do things have to get like much worse before they get better? I'd be curious to uh if you have a thought on that yeah yeah well it's interesting you put it that way because it's it's funny like for the amount of work that we all put in in like you know in community building in you know um kind of just being shepherds of the space in some way um or i don't even, i don't consider myself that but i suppose that i i try to create at least an absurdist uh an absurdist outlook on kind of the hilarity of our existence in many ways um, but at the same time, you know, I think that it's interesting you put it that way because it's like for as much of the amount of work that goes in, the fragility of it is crazy, you know, yeah. like, because like you're putting in these like hours and hours and hours and days and, and months and years. And then like you were saying, it takes, you know, one thing to completely destroy that stucco palace that you thought was going to, you know, you thought was going to last forever. Um, so in, so in some ways, um, in, in some ways I, I, I think about it and I don't mind the destruction of it because, you know, we, because it, it, it shows both the resilience and then also kind of the ingenuity of rebuild. So I think that, you know, much like insects do, we survive and we toil and we rebuild on something that, you know, we truly believe. And I think that's the, the thing about that destruction is I, I don't think it, it can can vanquish the core of who we are and the core of the people who, you know, truly believe in what this shit is, you know? So that part gives me like kind of unrelenting hope in some ways that you see this and you, you witness the carnage and you witness the insanity. And then you, you kind of see the unwavering nature of many people and, and how they, um, how they just say like, well, fuck it. Yeah. We're going to keep doing what we do. And, that's just what it is. And we don't know any different because that's what we've always done. So, um, yeah, I, I do have hope for sure. Like, I, I mean, I think for the greater state of humanity, I, I'm not positive. I have a ton of hope. Like I look at us, 
and I see this, I really do see this kind of psychotic in, indifferent spiral into the abyss. Um, it, in, in it's the indifference that's terrifying because there is, and kind of to bring it back to your original question, um, you know, the, the indifference is, is, is really shocking. And I think it's almost, it's almost more harmful than having a reaction to something either way is just being this kind of banal pool of reheated bathwater and stagnation. It's really, it's, it's terrible. And it, it really creates, like you were saying, a weight on like the space or the space or a weight on like whatever it is that's dragging down. Um, but in, in many ways, like, I think that as long as again, that kind of the, the kind of core of people who, you know, believe in, in who, in who have some type of ardent, um, you know, belief of, of, of how they should act or of, of kind of that constant evolution of, you know, what they're creating, of what they're putting out there of kind of the positivity and, and not fake positivity, but pulling people along and being kind and just being genuine and stuff. Mm-hmm. If that continues on, I feel like maybe, maybe, you know, what we build won't last forever, but at least we will, we will, we will have all been there and we would have all pulled something from it and experienced our own little moments of enlightenment or evolution or salvation, you know? So in that way, like I have tremendous hope. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it <laughs> well, it, it always feels incredibly meaningful, right? Like yeah, I wake right. up like excited to get here to talk to everybody in this space and like, yeah. I, I, I don't I'm I'm learning so much I'm growing so much I find like you know of course there's a ton of false prophets there's going to be a ton of false prophets yep. in everything uh there's going to be somebody trying to sell something like the the great dichotomy of of crypto as this like liberating force and also this monster scammers paradise <laughs> is it's it's fun and it's it's free and it's liberating and it makes you feel uh like certainly that your decisions have weight and that you you may be in control of yourself at the very least and i think you know the, the ripples of all of this uh that's that's what gives me hope for sure yeah and it's funny because like a lot of the stuff that we find insufferable about the space is is actually fuel for a lot of the stuff that i make too so it, so, yeah. so in some ways i'm just like keep it going. Like, I don't care because I'm just going to keep ripping this stuff to shreds. You know, the check, check the pin. Oh my God. Shaking right now. Crying. What's going It's just like that type of uh, behavior and stuff. It's, I find it hilarious. And so I'm just going to keep, keep ripping. And so like, I don't, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make any difference to me, you know, whether or not that exists or not, I guess if it didn't exist, I would lose a lot of my like vitriol, which is sometimes what I use for creation creation. So yeah. I mean, shining the absurdist mirror, I think, is really the most effective way to yeah uh, to garner people's attention. I think you're right. Yeah, it's like you know, even the like guys, I say good meat instead of GM or whatever, and that was born out of this. Uh, it was born out of the again observation of uh, this like crazy transactional nature that we all subscribe to where like you just post GM with a coffee cup and it's like the most responded to thing of the day. And then you post, and then you post a poem about, you know, like um, the dwindling sheets of a hospital bed and somebody slowly losing their last formative memory to dementia. Um, and, and it gets like two likes and, you know, that's, that's where, that's where it's problematic, but also that's where it's hilarious. And that's where you need to like, 
hammer that absurdist observation because otherwise we're just going to transcend into this like horrific, you know, again, just that's all we do. And that's the only thing that ever happens. That's the only engagement that anyone ever gets. I mean, I hated GM forever, right? I thought it was the most reductive, terrible, like, distillation. And then I, and then I came to, like, the understanding that, like, at the very least, it's positive. Yeah, it is, it is positive, yeah. And I, like, know, like, I, and, and I do like it when people will, like, share a piece of art with it or something because then it's like, okay, sweet, good morning, and here's a sick piece of art made by somebody like I, I find that to be definitely tolerable and more than tolerable. It's the one where it's like GM skull emoji, GM coffee emoji. Then I'm just like, all right, we could do without this digital weight. Like I'm, I'm okay on yeah. doing another one of those. You know, like the minuscule weight that this adds to like the collective internet <laughs> is just intolerable. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, man, we we flew through this. I, I very much enjoyed it i would love to give you uh any last words and like please let people know where they can find you your work uh yeah thanks dude no i yeah it was super fun like again it's i mean we didn't get into as much aea talk as i was hoping of course um for the we'll, we'll, we'll save that for when the camera's off you know I need we'll table it yeah, yeah we'll, we'll table it um, but no, dude, it was it was super cool to talk, obviously, and I, and I always feel really weird in these things. Well, sometimes I do because, you know, I'm a Midwestern raised uh, Irish Catholic. So to talk about myself is very uh, peculiar and sometimes soul crushing because we're raised to think that like everything we're doing is uh, regretful and kind of like shameful. So thankfully, like guilty I kind of for guilty for it, yeah, which is crazy. So, you know, I'm, I'm super pumped to be able to talk and, and kind of been able to shake that horrific shame uh, for, for that. But um, well, I'll say all, all our sins are relieved in this church. That's what I was going to say, right? I felt, I feel like that monster energy baptism you gave me washed <laughs> away all my sins, dude. And, and you gave me the, uh, the sacrament, which was like a Jimmy Dean sausage, I think like <laughs> right on the tongue. Right. <laughs> yeah. So a slim gym, I just a slim gym, yeah. So no, dude, but it's been it's been a blast, man. I, I would do this anytime. Um, for those looking Thank for you. my work and stuff, yeah, check out the solo show, the solo show, which is on Somnium, and um, hopefully we have the link for it here. Uh, you know, with that. the with the episode, um, I'm on um object on Tezos and, and like super rare, which which not I yeah, like I don't really have anything for sale right now, but I've got some big stuff coming up. I've got a nifty drop on uh november 22nd which is going to be super rad um like i'm planning this this um open this open edition that's going to have like uh it's going to be called the meat manager tj max m-a-x-x-x bag of uh moma because like the of like moma reheats so essentially it'll just be this huge grab bag of like weird weird psychotic stuff that like people have probably seen throughout kind of my existence the fox nfl football robot with like the eyes and like the guy from storage wars and like a bunch of other crazy shit um so that'll be cool but otherwise dude i'm just chilling making stuff um yeah it's it's been super cool to talk i'm i'm so i'm stoked to see you know um again where this space goes and, and continue to kind of plummet forward as we always do so fuck yeah yeah, man. Fuck yeah. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure. Really. Thank you for everything. Your, your art changed my life. Um, and I'm super, <laughs> yeah, I'm super grateful just to, to know you and go on this journey together. 
Oh man, thanks, dude. Hell yeah, likewise. I'm I'm stoked. Well, thank you again, and thank you to the producer and and uh, everyone else. It's it's been awesome. Yeah, we'll send it out here. I'm Colborn Bell. I'm with Mocha. Shout out to Dementi for putting this together. We got Die with the Most Likes, Mark Wilson. Uh, see you next time. Take care. Later on. Breaking news. Breaking news.